when it says God is love to you and that it uses agape in a nutshell, what does that mean to you, Scott? Yeah, that, that God um, has uh, a preference for himself. Go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bros, Bibles, and Beer. It's the BBB pod. I am Jeff. I am joined by the big man, point guard, seven feet three, Zach Crater. Oh, my Oh my God, I keep growing every time. And I'm drink I'm drinking something that's darker than Charlie Murphy and Dikembe Mutombo combined. That's that is that's dark. That's an English ale or something like that. Uh hey, also joining us from far, far away in another galaxy, Scott Scooter Holbert. Scott, are you there? Hey, 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 hey guys, can you hear me? Yeah, how's the weather out there? Have we started recording yet? Okay, that's great. That's Next. good. And and the man, <laughs> the myth, the legend, the he, meaniest. He, he has been with us so much. We call him by his first name. It's Andy McCraw. Well, that's my first and my last name, just for clarification. Thanks for having me back, guys. And I promise this time, 50% fewer spit takes. Thank Fant- God. Fantastic. Well, I've been in quarantine for uh, eight days since you spit on me last, but uh, I'm holding out. Well, that I was your it. quarantine. I-, I am starting to foam from the mouth, but uh, I, th- I think it's just because I'm hungry. That's you guys, how you doing? Any different. You got the you have the brovid, I think. <laughs> You're foaming from the mouth. That's one of the side effects. Yeah. What kind of wine is that? You're drinking wine. Is this uh, Bros Bibles in Bordeaux? Yeah, this is Bros Bibles, and you know when you're doing a manly manly podcast, it's always always nice to have a glass of Cabernet. It's the Justin. Uh, oh, nice, Justin! And your pinky is out. Well done. That's the way I you're supposed this. to drink it. Yeah. So, um, what are you guys drinking? Well, I mentioned the darkness. Um, I'm drinking Kalamazoo Stout by Bell's Brewery, and a little hat tip, tip of the cap to Mr. Russell Romish, my brother-in-law. He's been on before, way back in the day. He's due. He's way overdue to be back on. But he helped me out with this, and he is currently nursing. Uh, a fractured back from a car accident. So, a love and light that to you, terrible. Russell. <laughs> love and light. <laughs> also, I have uh, about three fingers of um, Maker's Mark to complement wow. the darkness. Scotty, you drinking anything? I'm ready, guys. I'm ready. Car? Scotty, you drinking anything in your yeah, car? Yeah. Yeah, I'm. You know, with this lockdown. Uh, they said you can't exercise, so I'm not. I'm, I'm following orders, so I'm trying to keep it light. So I got a uh, nine, 96 calorie uh, Miller Light with me, going down smooth. Did they say you can't exercise? <laughs> well, you I know, know. I don't. I missed that one. <clears throat> you know, I mean, I'm following it news, strictly news too. News is coming but... out every hour. You know, you just got to catch up. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Andy, right, I see you got well, an amalgamator. Andy, what do you got? I always have amalgamator because life's too short to not drink amalgamator. Amalgamator, you can use that with uh, copyright uh, royalties paid my way. It is a really good IPA. It is, as Nacho Libre would say, the best. All right, so well, cultural I- appropriation aside, what do we got, Jeff? <laughs> yeah, how are you guys? Well, a real quick check-in. I'll give you eight seconds. Uh, Andy, how you doing? My hips are killing me because I sit in a chair all day long and I'm on meetings and I don't get up in between those meetings and walk around. So, And I turned 42, so that's why my hips are hurting. All right. Thank you for your honesty. Good Definitely luck Definitely not the sex. Not the sex. Scott, hey, you cut it out. Scott, how you doing? Did you uh, just snap at me? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> I am controlling you, Zach, with my fingers. Hey, Scott, how you doing? Well. That's great. Zach, how you doing? I'm terrific. Um, I've been doing yoga, so my hips don't Five get seconds. sore with all the ex- with all the extra. <laughs> you know, we got time on our hands, so we we try to clean the house and clean each other. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Are you really doing yoga? Are you actually doing yoga? No, but I need to start doing something because I am running more and then I don't stretch well. And so I'm, I am actually tight. My hip flexors are really tight. All you cool cats and kittens. Oh, you're doing Wait a running? minute. You're running? Your hips are hurting too? I'm pretending Ragnar is on the horizon. Ragnar relay got canceled because of the virus. Wait, and wait, I refi- wait, let me cut you off because I'm at my mom's in Garden Grove and there's two ladies they are kind of slow jog. They go by and, and I see Ragnar shirts and I'm like, Hey, nice shirt. And they turn around like, yeah, we're running right now. We're doing the virtual Ragnar because it got canceled. And it was the weekend that it was supposed to, I'm like, you're kidding. And she goes, yeah, nice. we get our medals and everything. We, we do our legs and then we, we plug it into the online app and I'm like, no way. And they're like, so, Hey, we'll see ya. Gotta go. Like that, uh, uh, okay. But they're running they, around. They're running circles in Garden Grove. They're running circles in Garden Grove, though. So as they flash really. their medals made out of like popsicle sticks and glitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's official. Hey, they earned it. Hey, credit to Ragnar. Credit to Ragnar. They were they were logging everybody's miles that no charge, and they were they're going to send everybody medals that uh, completed the mileage. So kudos. Is to that them. true? Yeah, it is. Oh my yeah. god! Because I thought of, I thought about um, it. Crossed my mind to have Lisa and I like, hey, let's uh, let's run all night. You know, you cut, you come, you run five miles, come back, wake me up. I'll run five <laughs> miles. I am a full blown cult member of Ragnar, but usually Ragnar comes and goes. I train for it, and then once it goes, I get completely out of shape. And I'm killing myself to try to get in shape the next year. But right now, I'm in a good pace and keeping it up. So there you go. Nice. Trying to avoid that COVID-15, which I hear is uh, going around. Scott, yeah, did you, you do Ragnar? Have you ever done Ragnar? I have. I, uh, three or four times. Um, it was good. Good. Not- is, is somebody fun firing a Glock at you? I think he's using an... A 1900s typewriter as a microphone. <laughs> as he speaks. 
<laughs> no, I, I will say though, Scott Scott ran Ragnar a couple times with doing zero training, which means running three different legs that add up to around 15 miles with zero training, and then he was dying for the week after. But it was impressive. But he's it means so- no excuse. It, it means no excuses. You if you yeah. you can do it. You can he's do so, it. And and Scott's so consistent. I mean, he gets back in the van after running five or six miles. It's like, hey, hey, guys, hey, guys. Oh, that was tough. It, he just never changes. It's it's always the same, Scott. That's what we love. Yeah, for about. some reason, giving weather updates after his runs is weird. <laughs> yeah. So if you're if you're middle aged and overweight, you it's can really do mild. It too. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Hey, I'm not lying. It's it's inspiring. You see people. Okay, then I'll I'll quit this. And Jeff, you can keep uh, keep driving this ship. Yeah, you're but you see me. people running Ragnar. We're about to hit an iceberg. You would not you would not think would be running all night long. And it's just like, all right, my whatever my mind is telling me I can't do. It, it's it's an excuse. You can do it, Jeff. Hmm. Oh, he's back. He he came out. Now he's back. Now Jeff, where are we going? What's going on? Keep hey, going. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, hey Scott, I never found out. What are you drinking underneath the seat? Hey, uh, what's hey. underneath your seat, Scott? <laughs> it yeah yeah. Just grabbed a couple of Miller Lights. You know, just just hanging out, chilling. You know, beautiful oh, Miller from Bud. Miller from Bud. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just imagine the Rockies. <laughs> I imagine Oprah Winfrey being like, "Check underneath your seats. You get a Bud Light. You get a Bud Light." It sounds. I think that was uh, Jesus' okay. brother Zach, Brian I, Christ. I'm, I'm real. His curious. first miracle was turning turning Miller into Bud, or was it vice versa? Derek Christ. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff. Okay. I'm uh, I'm very I'm very um, interested. Now I'm very curious. Um, we had talked uh, last week, and you, you had brought up the fact that you have some pet peeves um, about some flashcards or uh, controlling mind controlling tricks or something like that. Oh, you know, Jeff, I'm really glad you brought that up because, Shut as up. a matter of fact, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Uh, Lisa and I have been doing a little bit of cleaning. Um, and when she listens to this, she will appreciate that. I say she has been doing a lot of cleaning. I have been helping here and there, but, uh, we found flashcards that were given to us way back in the day that apparently we cared enough about them to put them in a box that would go into the attic and never be seen for 15 years. But oh my gosh! Originally, I thought this was something for school, like your t- the teachers had given it to your children or something. Like, no, we is- go to a godless school. <laughs> now I'm more curious. <laughs> but th- this is like the child training Bible flashcards. It's like a do-it-yourself. Uh, I'm holding up the cards okay, yeah, for you guys, but this is not beautiful. good pod for the listener. But I'll describe right. it. Make the child training Bible, and. Uh, childtrainingbible.com may not even exist anymore. We'll see. I'm not going there, but people want to go there. But it's got categories and verses attached to each category to basically help your child on their path. We got wrong friendships, lists a bunch of verses. Wrong friendships. 
Read that Friendship's card. Friendship's bad. Uh, <laughs> well, Friendship's I just, bad. I have, uh, I, well, I have, okay. Does this friendship one of those bring glory to God? Now? What's that? Uh, forget it. Okay. Does this friendship bring glory to God? Have you chosen a friend that will help you follow Jesus? And there's verses, Exodus 23, 2, Romans 16, 17. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of them. There's unforgiveness, tattling. Tattling drew my eye. And that's when I looked up the first verse, and I think one of you has it chambered. We have Psalm 1914, addressing tattling directly. Who wants to read it? Go. May the, these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Got it, kids? No tattling. I mean, that. <laughs> I, I don't doubt that... There's stealing, selfishness, quarreling, pride, verses. I don't doubt that the, some of these verses directly address the thing, but I picked tattling and I picked that verse because it was on the card. And I'm like, how do you get tattling out of that? Do, do one of you guys want to give it a shot? How would you use that verse to teach your children not to tattle? It's only and is the- tattling ever is tattling bad? Snitches get uh, I really, stitches. I really hate the. Ta- I really hate the. T- <laughs> I really hate the tattling. The I mean, tattling in my house is driving me crazy. Uh, it may the words of my mouth. Dot dot dot. That's that feels like they're. That's such a catch-all that they're going to cram anything in there that they want to. So I mean that I'm imagining that's where they they got it from. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't like tattling for the sake of tattling either, Jeff. I've. I've tried to tell Oh, Scott, looks like Scott's coming back. Welcome back, Scott. Um, but my, my, this amused me seeing this and it, my pet peeve is that we're out of a culture. We're not in a culture right now. And I think this ship has sailed and you guys correct me if uh, I'm wrong, where you say, well, the Bible says in Luke 17, three through four, and then you say dot, dot, dot. Like that, using the Bible as the this is what the Bible says. Yeah, I win, you lose, or you know, and and that's a little bit trite, but I feel like that is mm-hmm. gone, and that we need to we need to evolve a little bit in how we teach. And that's not to say the Bible doesn't have things to say about these that are usable, but I, I definitely grew up in the context of. Here's what this memorize these individual verses and there you there you have it. That's it. And it doesn't teach you how to navigate like you would read proverbs with wisdom where it, it might whatever the proverb is, it doesn't always apply. You need wisdom to kind of apply it. And so that's my pet peeve. Bible memorization is my pet peeve. If you're just learning verses to check boxes and to use it to win singular arguments or win a prize or earn candy at church, if you're not doing the work and learning the context, it's you might as well not do it at all. That's good. I think we should have a listener challenge of the week, which is this week, go out and use a completely out of context scripture to prove the point. <laughs> Tweet at us. And let us know what the out-of-context uh, scripture was that you used to defend a point that had nothing to do with that. And video it. Uh, 
we'll yeah. send you 17 rolls of secondhand toilet paper. Yeah. Like, Bibles here at gmail.com. Hit us up. <laughs> who was the uh, guy? But, hey, his daughters lay with him when he was asleep. Remember that one? Was it oh, Lot? Yes. Oh, I got to look that Ooh, one up. Scott, I, remember that one? There's a story, the Old Testament story, and uh, and the father fell asleep and his daughters basically got pregnant while he was asleep by him. Does this ring a bell to anybody? I mean, I can look this one up. That's some powerful... Uh, I don't know what the... Sperm. Are, I'm going to look this up, though. <laughs> I don't even know if you guys can hear me. It was Lot. It was Lot. Yeah, okay. Lot. Nice. We hear you now, and that's what Andy's guess was. Correct. All right, Andy, you win. The, you win some toilet paper, I think. Hey, but right. uh, child training yeah. Bible does dot um, com still exists. You can order uh, order the cards. That's fantastic, fantastic. Um, <laughs> hey, this episode you brought guys? to you by. <laughs> yes, <laughs> tattletaling. Uh, last time we had talked, we had talked about uh, a movie the the matrix and i said i got i got kicked kicked off of uh watching the matrix and do you guys remember i said i couldn't remember what the uh, movie was yes it was tremors that's oh, what my wife forced great. us to watch forced you to and, watch are you kidding me well grab boys that movie is <laughs> is all time that's a great wait, movie it Tremors, has nothing to do running, with Matrix, but it, it is a great movie. Run, it's running, so bad. Running it's from great. the weird, the weird snake. Yeah, right. It's it's a really bad '80s movie. Well, yeah, it's, it's the actor Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Okay. And the dad from Family Ties. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he's, yep. he's the uh, gun guy. He has all the guns, and he's in the bunker. He has all the guns. Life. Yeah. That movie is yeah. awesome, dude. Is I that Chuck? That what's his name? Chuck Chuck Bronwich. I want to give him credit. Truck Truck Truck. I think is his first name. <laughs> truck Truck. Hey, anyway, uh, so we watched Tremors. But after we spoke, I'm like, "Hey, I, I really feel bad that you know we didn't watch The Matrix." And she's like, "Okay, we'll watch it tomorrow afternoon." So we actually watched it in the evening the next day, and uh, I'm like, "It's a Jesus movie." Okay, you watch. You cut out a little bit. You watch the Matrix. Hey Jeff, I'm going to suggest maybe you jump hey, off. And I told the her, face. Can you jump off the FaceTime call? I'm just trying to save yeah. you all the bandwidth that you can be saved with. I love seeing your face. Or but, I'm gone. Or you could just take your phone off of Wi-Fi. Yeah. Ooh, there you go. That's probably a better idea. Yeah, Andy. That's why they pay you the big bucks. Yeah, at Amazon, it. and that's yeah. why the stock exploded because of your wisdom and prescience. My prescience. Okay. Hey. Uh, so we watched the Matrix. Total. Okay. I, I told my family, "Hey, this is a this is a Jesus movie," uh, and they're like, "What?" And we start watching it. They're like, "How how's this? How's this a Jesus movie?" It is. And. And yeah, we watched. A couple of my kids disappeared. Um, Whoa! Magically? Yeah. Uh, What is it called when you've been chosen? They they just raptured. 
Yeah, they got raptured. Uh, anyway, my one of my girls sat around and watched it with uh, my wife and I, and and it, and then the kids kind of came in and out, and I could not remember the first half an hour of that movie. I felt like I was watching the movie for the first time. But anyway, such a good movie. My wife actually liked it, and especially when I kept kind of being like, hey, right there, like, that's a Pharisee, or that's Jesus, or, you know, this is the the red pill, blue pill um, moment early on in the movie. Did you have red pill, blue pill conversations? We didn't, not yet, and th- which is why I wanted my kids to watch it, but my, they... They wanted to play uh, Minecraft and and Apex Legends, so uh, I got out. I got outvoted. Yeah. They okay boomered you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff, are you a red pill or a blue pill guy? I'm a red pill. This isn't politics either. I know you're a red pill in politics. Is would you for life? Is you red pill or blue pill? I'll take the red pills. Ass. Uh, yeah, I want to. I want to live it. I don't want to. I don't want to run away from reality. Yeah. Oh, it looks like it. Oh, according to the Torah.com, <laughs> the verb used by Lot's older daughter for giving their father wine also means quote to irrigate the ground. Thus, the daughters do not simply intend to pour their dad a glass of wine, but to fully saturate him. That is, get him very drunk before having sex with him. All right. Well, that's some biblical... That We just put the Bible in Brovid Bibles and Beer. All right. Yeah, that's you, in the family moment of the night. You didn't I see that, that flashcard in the list, did you? <laughs> I didn't. By the way, the, one flash, the first flashcard that you described essentially said, make sure all your friends are Christians. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, moving on. Let's get to the main meat, Jeff. What's the main meat? Um, Well, (laughs) according to Scott, we're not going to have any main meat left in this world. Right, Scott? Thanks, Scott. Yeah, that's right. Um, There's a. Tell us about the meat. (laughs) So there are a number of protein factories, as they're called, that uh, have closed because the workers have become infected. And other workers are scared to get infected. You're, wait, we don't want to talk about the porn industry, Scott. Can you talk about the meat industry? Oh yeah, the uh, the um, <clears throat> the beef porn. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, thank you. The pork <clears throat> pork plants. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> um, <The> kid- <laughs> I'm I'm trying to yeah. Uh, are you having respiratory problems? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. A number of them have closed. One of them, the uh, largest pork producer in the U.S. I think they pr- provide about six percent of the U.S.'s pork. Uh, they closed. They're going to be closed for about fourteen days. Um, so there is a the warning is out there that uh, there could be a meat shortage in U.S. grocery stores. So, well. I thank you for sending that message on uh, uh, Voxer today because I went out and and got a hold of as much meat as I could. Um, 
just you know. I don't doubt it. I mean, I, I look, I look at your hands, Jeff, and th- those are hands that are gonna get as much meat to bring home to the family as they can. Those are good. Thank you, Zach. You've got those meat hands. Uh, so yeah, meat shortage. Get everybody, get out there, get meat, wrap it in your toilet paper, and uh, well, wrap the meat in the toilet paper. <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, eventually it will be. Really, I mean, realistically, <laughs> <laughs> realistically, we're talking about uh, a different main meat. And that's our topic of the pod. That's a good jingle, Jeff. I'll take that. (laughs) (laughs) So we can start with wherever you guys want to go. So somebody go. I was thinking back to the last episode towards the end. And we have a habit of doing this where we... We have fun. We talk about good stuff. And then towards the end, cans of worms are opened or good topics are opened that we can't really devote and give their fair due to. So, and that involves Scott. Scott, I think your notes were like, what, what is like, what are some reasons for this maybe? Or what does the Bible have to say potentially about this? And I, I found a couple articles. Uh, one where Francis Chan, who you, do we know? Excuse me. I just burped again. That that's two burps. The other one last episode was pretty good. Uh, what is one spit take? We'll edit that out. Where, where did Francis Chan, he used to be a mega church pastor. Now he's, he's kind of being, he's a missionary in Hong Kong, I think. Yeah. Currently. But he talked about the purpose behind COVID-19 isolation and the quote on the headline from the Christian post, which I maintain is a terrible website with multiple pop-ups and videos that play automatically and should, uh, should not happen. But regardless from the Christian post.com Francis Chan COVID-19 uh, is a gift to you. And uh, I guess w- w- Scott, what? A gift to you. Yeah. Was that you, Jeff, or Scott? That was no, Jeff. that's got to be Scott. I mean, is this, did, did Scott find this? Francis, Francis Chan saying that it was a gift? No, this was it? me. This was me. And I have a couple quotes from the article, maybe to get, get us kicked off or, or kick, kick, kick off the conversation. Hopefully, Zencaster doesn't kick us off. Uh, well, God wants to humble us and show us. Look, you can't control your life. You can't control tomorrow. There's something even deeper going on amidst the coronavirus pandemic, Chan said. Adding that scripture says God yearns jealously for his people. Maybe this time of isolation has a purpose, he suggested. And the purpose is he wants to be with me. He's saying, stop running. I'm just going to stop you for a while because I want... To because I, Almighty God, want to be with you. I want to connect with you. So a pretty uncreative God to me. And the blowback of 
everything that's been going on due to that is just this does not sync up. I, I think he needs to like diagram his own argument there. Sounds like manipulation. Like why would God God's not gonna manipulate us, you know, so he can have a friendship be like creating some problem for a, a you know an acquaintance or friend and then you come around the corner and save the day and and you're like oh now we can connect like that's that's not the god i know well I, so you got to the first question what does francis chan mean by this that's probably the first question helicopter going overhead all right. Well, I got Francis Chan on the line. Francis, go ahead. It's pronounced Francis Chances. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that is the first Francis Chan uh, impression we've gotten ever <laughs> in the history of the show. It's a first. He does. That's a good question, Scott. And um, he does go on to say it's a big deal to look at him and say, no, I've got something better to do. And once I fix this thing, I'm going to get running again. Chan stressed, don't do it. This is his gift. It's a time for you to look back at your life and go, why am I just running aimlessly? God wants you to get off this machine and get into, get deep into a relationship with him. Uh, communion with God leads to joy and peace, Chan said, but it starts with you stepping away from that treadmill and having the core of your being connected with him right now and then the christian post and i don't think they have this kind of sense of humor but right after that quote they say the coronavirus pandemic which originated in wuhan china has affected 587,357 people in the united states as of tuesday and led to 23,649 deaths the cdc reports which coming on the heels of francis's of, of that, his quotes in that article, that's kind of darkly comedic to me, but thoughts. Yeah. I, uh, I think that go ahead, Scott. it's more of, I, I don't think that he's saying that God necessarily caused this. Um, that's, a, a, we could discuss that separately, but uh, it could be more in the lines of within this, a purpose within this event, within this tragedy, is there a purpose? I, I think that's more of what he's saying. I wish that I think that I wish it go was. Go ahead, Andy. I'm sorry. Say that again. Oh, I, I, I wish it was what he was saying, but there's a line in where, here that Francis Chan says he just caused every single treadmill to stop. Like that's not a, that, that seems to point to a, different perspective than you're giving Scott, which is, hey, in spite of this, or this may be happening, and in the midst of this happening, God wants to connect with you right now. But this seems, he's positioning it as God is active in doing this. Hmm. Okay. And I, mean, I didn't, rem- I agree with you, Scott. Like, I, 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 well, I would agree with you, or if you said that to me, or if that's what Francis Chan said, I think you're being generous and maybe he does mean that but it doesn't seem like it like what andy says it it almost seems like he's i didn't think he was reformed or calvinist but it maybe you know more about that than i do scott is he somebody that thinks of god ordaining everything 
Um, I'm not sure. I think he hangs out with Piper a lot, with John Piper a lot. Who? No, that's who, somebody that would say that. <laughs> I think I think Piper has said that um, <laughs> about this. Uh, but I, well, I'm he not, said that about rape victims. <laughs> yeah, that would be a that would be hyper Calvinistic um, in in the sense of coming to the conclusion that God caused this because he causes all things to happen. Yeah, that would be uh, a hyper Calvinist position. There's another position that's, yeah, God caused this, but he doesn't cause all things like every single thing. I need to stub my toe, things like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's a good point, Andy. Like, uh, you know, him saying that God, uh, he, he stopped all treadmills. Um, I, there's probably still some wiggle room in there where he doesn't yeah. mean it that way, but <clears throat> I, I right. can see this sense. I could see getting the sense um, from that statement. Yeah, that's and another that, one of my pet peeves is the wiggle room. Like a, a lot of Christians that that would say people have free will and they believe that people can make their own decisions, they talk about God in a way of like, well, God has a plan. And God has a plan in this for you. And those two things to in my head right now are, they don't go together. And I, I think a lot of Christians have that uh, cognitive dissonance. And I'm not making a claim as to know what God, if anything, is doing at any time. But a lot of Christians that believe in free will will also use words like plan or this God, I just feel like God is doing this for me for this reason and that reason. I don't think those two ideas sync up necessarily. Well, they're not. I I don't think that they are contradictory, um, because we can we can choose to walk in that plan or not. Um, so God can still have a plan, and ultimately He does. Um, if God's going to have victory, if His plan is victory. <laughs> over sin and death, well, that might, that might thwart free will then as well. Um, so I, I, I just, I don't think, I don't think you're right. Contradictory. I, I agree with you. And I will consider that a rebuke that I, I will repent from Scott. Uh, I would probably reword it. The idea of God controlling and God doing things is God teaching us a lesson in this, or according to Francis Chan, is he, is he, sending us a message through this and Jeff and Andy, maybe some thoughts on that. The other article we have that I don't know if we're going to talk about it too much, but is the pastor that recently died from coronavirus because of they were still holding services. They received some pushback and he ended up, his family has it now, but he ended up dying from it. And so I just, Marry that story with Chan saying, "Oh, he's telling you to get off the treadmill." But this family has devastation. I mean, they're the pastor died. Yeah, you know, thousands of people are have died. As I read the rest of that article, I, I do want to be fair to Francis Chan. So, how dare you, Andy? I did. Why do we have you on here? I cherry picked that that line. Now, so the rest of it is much more closely connected to what Scott is kind of describing, which is in spite of what's going on right now, or God may not have caused this thing to happen right now, but he, but 
here it is and and here's what he'd like here's how he'd like to connect with you i mean those there those are good things outside of a an idea outside of the idea that god uh sent the coronavirus to cause everybody to slow down that feels there's like a, there's a just hope. Because you have a hammer everything <laughs> everything isn't a nail right there's a hope to the message that francis is making in that this has happened now you have an opportunity to i mean slow down or realize you know you've been you've been in the hamster wheel and you've gotten nowhere and maybe you disconnected from me and you need to reconnect and this is your opportunity seems like that's kind of the spirit yeah. of the message it's I think that's kind of a standard Sunday pastor. Mm-hmm. I've yeah, heard that one. It's a lot more poignant now, um, and and I, I I that part of the message at least I think is really good to consider the things that we used to think were important were all have all of a sudden become not so important. Uh, do we miss baseball that much? Mm, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you better believe it. Speak for yourself. Don't Scott. talk to you about the Lakers. It's too soon. I can't. I can't even control myself. <laughs> oh my God! No, Anthony Davis might not come back next don't year. Finish the sentence, dude. I can't. <sighs> I can't discuss this. This hurts too much. So Continue. some of us maybe have our priorities in order, Scott, like you were saying, but clearly not uh, two or three out of the four of us. I will blame. Jesus, if the Lakers. <laughs> Francis Chan said you could. Yeah. I'll make you a so deal. Said- we'll spend more time together as long as you bring the purple and gold back. Mm. Purple's the color of royalty. Yeah, and a lot of people, probably myself included, are were kind of uh, realizing that, you know, living in a city – might not be uh, the best thing. Um, and there are going to be a lot of people that move out of the cities and into the rural, a- rural, is that a word? R- rural, 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 area. It's uh, rural. Yeah. So there, there's, this is a, whatever it is, it's a big shakeup. And I, I do believe that um, this is like Francis was, was saying, uh, this is a great opportunity for us to, reevaluate our lives. I totally agree with that, that sentiment. Uh, This kind of, this reminds me anytime anything crazy happens, I don't know who coined it, but somebody said not everything happens for a reason, but everything happens. Or maybe it was everything doesn't happen for a reason, but everything happens. And I think there's some wisdom to that, that's not connected necessarily to how God works. I don't think this person was thinking in terms of that. But it, when you examine life and all that life throws at us, there's something to that. The, we, the human being wants to find a pattern and something they can attribute to, attribute things to, so that they're they feel in control of the situation. And I think. That's a natural impulse, but it's not only that though, that that desire to find patterns and things has to do with the fact that there's, 
we we as humans tend to juggle so many things at once that we need a way to relieve the cognitive load of things that occur. And when we define patterns, our brains can kind of check out on those sorts of things. And that exists everywhere for us. So yeah, it's part of it is just us being able to try to keep our sanity. Totally. And Jeff, you just shuffled a bunch. Go. Are you going to talk? Go ahead. I, I am. I think the the fact that people are stopped in their tracks and you know have to get off the proverbial treadmill. Um, I mean, there's it's an opportunity, as I as I think Francis Chan is saying, um, to reconnect with God. But I I think more so there's something in um, that article um, and beyond. I I kind of pulled something up and I, I, I think it might've gone on to something with Rick Warren mentioning Easter, but um, the, the opportunity, but also that when life falls apart um, and I don't know if it's life falls apart or the world does what it's going to do. And in that we're to um, hopefully realize who we are in Christ and and also realize maybe how far how far we've moved away from a life in Christ or or that we're in it and we don't have anxiety or or fears so it's it's something that i just was reading through Francis Chan's article and then it skipped down to a Rick Warren article and and just the Rick Warren th- Go ahead. Rick Warren, um, his son killed himself a couple years ago. Right. And so that would be, it would be interesting to hear that. And I guess people can look up his sermon or whatever, but the, the whole, it sounds like all these things are a version of when life hands you lemon, lemons make lemonade. Right. And, coming from somebody like Rick Warren, who's experienced something that no, nobody really should seeing your kid die or, or experiencing the death of a child that, that adds a degree of, there's a degree of seasoning that, that lends itself to more impact. I don't know Francis Chan's entire story, but some of the language of God, God is calling us to get off the treadmill. If the end game is, Hey, we're taking advantage of this in whatever situation we're in. We, we get to spend more time with the kids. We're eating together more. We're not going, going, going. All these things are benefits, but the language of God doing this is what I think is irresponsible and, and needs to be called out and reconsidered by all Christians, especially people with the platform like Chris, Fran, Cran, Francis Fran. Francis uh, you guys Fran. heard me. Francis Fran. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, but God, um, God could be doing this. Well, um, I guess in the multiverse, there's a possibility. There is a universe where that that could be a possibility, but not not in my current theology. And wow, my wife just came up behind me, Jeff, and uh, Andy saw that, and she's. <laughs> Do you have anything to say? What up, fellas? All right, thank you. Hey, girl. I love girls. 
So, <laughs> what age do you prefer, Jeff? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, 39, blonde and Swedish. You like Viking women. Mm. Well said. Well said, Zach. Whatever you so, said. It was interesting. Shelter. Viking, Viking, Viking documented. Uh, all right. <laughs> I, feel, I hope they didn't get lost, Andy, because that was worth it. Stepped on my line. I'm sorry. But the me personally, this is my opinion, Scott. When you attribute things to God and then tell that to the family... Yeah, God wants you to, hey, your your dad died, your husband died, your brother died from coronavirus, that pastor. He just wants you to get off the treadmill, man. That's, you know, just think about what God wants you to do with this new time that you have. It's, it just is so hollow to me. So I agree with the end game of wherever you're at, you can make lemons, but I, I really struggle when you attribute things to God. That's and I, f- I feel like that can be an atheist factory for people that are going to really think critically about the situation. Well, you, well, you go in, ahead. Going to individualize it like that. Well, why wouldn't people do that? Well, they're people are going to individualize it to their specific circumstance. They're, they're not the only ones that exist, and we have precedent for God doing things in the world and not all of those things are uh, good for all of humanity as in like people end up safe and okay. Um, the first commandment is to love the Lord, your God. Uh, it's, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not people centered. It's God centered. So we, we look to God first and foremost. So some, and, and something happening uh, to us um, doesn't negate something that God is doing in the world. Those are two very different things. Whatever God is doing and loving God, Scott. So, Well, the, the point is that, that God... God does things so that he gets the glory. And if pe- people can choose to... Now you sound like a Calvinist, <laughs> but I know you're not. That's so weird. Well, it, it's, it's, it's uh, oh, throughout, throughout Scripture that it, it's, it's for his glory, that he defends his name, that he brings Israel out of Egypt and will bring them into the land, not for their sake, but for his name's sake. Uh, so people can choose to look at a situation and and uh, and interpret it a certain way, but God could be God brings about tragedy, and that that's we we can choose to uh, rebel against God because of it, or we can so, right, right. And tragedy is a tragedy is a human a human thing. It's really Scott, and I'm agreeing with you. The response that we have, like, are we responding uh, like people that have no faith, or are we responding in that we're followers of Christ? Um, you know, Rick Warren, his part of his article, it talks about like, are, are we, we go from those that are cowardly to courageous and fearful to fearless. And, and so there's this, 
um, the response that Christians, uh, believers have, and we try not to get caught up and be focused on God and not get caught up in the worldly things. And right now it's a worldly thing. It's a human thing. So it's tough not to get caught up in it. So what, what does it mean, Jeff and all of you, what does it mean to, to focus whatever you just said, what does that mean? Like, what does it actually mean tangibly to not get caught up? And I, I guess like in a few words, Scott believes that God does this, does God cause these things? I think, I think regardless if God is causing them or not. um, However, it's kind of like when we pray, like, I pray that I, you know, this, this virus would go away, or I pray that, you know, I would get a job or like, it's, it still has to be in, we have to, our prayers have to be, um, they have to be the will of God. And if it's not the will of God, then, I mean, the hope is that we meditate and, 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 are with God so much so that we know what to pray for. We know what direction to, to go in. And, and if this virus is around and it's killing people, um, you know, how do we, whether God, God brought it on or not, um, we still have to be prayerful in that, what do we, how do we respond? And it's not an easy, it's not an easy answer, but certainly there's going to be things where, what would Jesus do if he was here? He'd probably be connecting with people and he'd probably be giving some pretty good guidance in his actions. Um, but we kind of have to figure that out prayerfully and in, in what we're to do on earth while we're here in the midst of challenges. Yeah. That, I, I like that, Jeff. And that takes us back to Psalm nineteen fourteen. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So that what, what we pray come about from those things and how we act in this world would be speaking the words of Christ to this world. And that was part of what Francis Chan was saying in, in that article is that this is our greatest opportunity uh, to reach out to the lost world, to bring, to bring the gospel to them, to show them that we're, we're not, uh, we're not fearful that we haven't lost our joy. We haven't lost our peace and we haven't lost our hope. I lo- I love that on one side of the coin and the other side of the coin is fearing that it gets received as, hey, believe in this Jesus guy. And, you know, yeah, he might teach you lessons sometimes that results in people dying. Like, this this is like the boots in the ground. And I haven't heard from Andy in a while. So chime in on any of this. But I, I just really struggle with a God that, what does it say about God if he use, he does these things to teach us things? Um, yeah, uh, I, I think that there's, 
in my mind, it's divided into two, into two things. There is there is the event that occurs, and then, the, then there is our reaction to it. I think we spent some time talking about what our reaction is to it, almost irrespective of what caused the event. And I'm less. Uh, I think it's less controversial. To, our reaction to the event is less controversial to me in my mind than talking about what what we think caused the event, and. Um, I'm not, I'm not convinced that God is actively seeking, uh, punitive retribution on people to teach them lessons that way. Like, um, I think, I think that Jesus fulfilled those things that needed to be done. And, um, and I don't know, I'd, I'd like to hear from you guys if you think that there's support that says that God is still doing these uh, these acts of retribution on humanity to teach us a lesson because we just won't listen. Now, when you say yeah. still, so are you, are you referring to things other than the cross? Sorry, did now you, things now. Oh no, I yeah. know, I know, but you, you, now we're talking about. I know, I know, effect. I know, I know but you said still. So for for you, Andy. Does, does that mean that you think that God did these things in the past? Well, there's clear, there are clear stories in the Bible where it talks about God doing these kinds of acts as early as the flood, right? That's our earliest account that we have where God said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to wipe the slate clean. I'm, I'm di- effectively disappointed in humanity, and this is the way that I'm going to, to, to rid uh, the evil of the earth, right? And he takes he takes a proactive approach and and uh, and causes a flood. And it's God's uh, it's God's action on humanity that is catastrophic, right? And so that yeah, still biblically, there comes a point where we don't see God doing those things anymore. And it seems to come at the point where Jesus fulfills and takes takes the the uh, punishment for our sins on the cross. Does that answer you, Scott? <laughs> I, I I think that was a very reasonable uh, reasonable question. Just to to think about what Andy is saying, but. Uh, no, it is. I'm 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 asking you cuz you you want a clarification before we move into whatever whatever I asked. Well, well that's what Andy asked. Yeah, but uh but I I I think that um that yeah, God can still do these things. We have the precedent in the Old Testament and we have things written about the end times. Now, this isn't necessarily the the end, you know, the end of days. Uh, so let me stop you right there. Does so the Old Testament does not Jesus' death and resurrection doesn't have a bearing on because God did it in the Old Testament. To you, there's no difference after Christ. Yeah, the what happened on the cross was a judgment for sin that that is 
that goes towards the individual in their response to the gospel. But there still is the humanity at large uh, that where, where God can do things because he's, he's done them in the past where God can do things to wake people up, get them to repent because we're, we're not repentant. We're doing things that are utterly sinful, almost like in the days of Noah. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of sin going on in, in my life as well. And thank God for the rainbow, huh? Well, that was that was specifically a flood, and he did he did do other things after after the flood as well. So God can God di- has done those things in the past. He can still do those things, and he's actually promised to do things in the future. Right, but the so missing you- there is that we we're, we don't know that he's doing those things now, and that's that's the part that you know. No, I think we that leaves we don't have evidence to say that he doesn't do those things just, just because um well but I, making a making an argument from sil- from silence is n- a little bit difficult I'm, I'm not making an argument well we wouldn't we know that god does has done those things in the past so yeah i would say we know that people wrote about god doing that in the past uh, well I'll, I'll let you and andy argue that so for you, it's like, it says it in the Bible, therefore it happened as it was said. Because um, that's not the way it is for me. Oh, okay, great. All right, thanks for coming, guys. That's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we wouldn't, uh, we would need, I think we, we would need a reason to think that those types of things have ceased. At Looking at the cross, it, it's not a clear indication that God's judgment on the world has ceased in that way. The verse that comes to mind that I can't quote the specific passage, but it's fear has to do with punishment and perfect love casts out all fear. Two different verses, but what is it? Does that inform us at all? That's New Testament stuff. What Jesus came to do, um, does that inform us at all? And at Again, it comes to that fear has to do with punishment. And I, if you speak that into your Google, it'll pull up the verse. Um, and what it says about the perfect love, which I believe that's what God is, if there is a God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and no, I'm 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 saying if there is a God, and I, I honestly I struggle with that. If there is a God, and that God is loving. That that has to be perfect love. That for me to have a, I can't. I don't know if I can have a faith in a God that is that is killing people to teach living people lessons. That just seems it's so foreign to me. And I know how you can get there, and I understand why people are there based on the the breadth of scripture. But it's just somewhere I am not right now, and that's why Francis Tran- Chan. Um, the way he describes it is a little bit triggering. Yeah, a couple, but we probably have a couple more minutes yeah, before we get a, a couple, get to a couple of things there. Um, yeah, 
the fear we 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 don't fear God and fear in because fear entails punishment or wrath, but that that is for those who believe. Those that is for those who are in Christ, who have received the. Are you not adding that to there? That that's the that's the context of the passage, and so going back to to remember the beginning of this is taking a verse and then uh, trying to uh, uh, apply definition to it without teaching people the context or teaching your kids the context. The con- no, don't use my words against me, Scott. How dare you? Context of of what Paul is writing there is regarding believers. It's regarding the forgiveness of sin. And that that is when there is no fear of judgment. So it, it doesn't it doesn't apply to all people. It's it's for those who believe. Mm, I'm looking I'm looking it up right now. And and uh, I, and the second thing is that our definition of love has to come from Scripture. And what, well, the word is agape. Yeah, but but the definition of agape is not just looking up uh, looking it up in a Greek dictionary. It has What is the definition of agape, Scott? We got 5 minutes before we're we're uh, getting to what we're consuming. Yeah, so we have to look at how God acts in the world and God is love and part of that includes That's not what I asked. What's the definition of agape? Um uh what is it? Uh, self-sacrificial? Is that is that what the? I, yeah. I don't even think other other-centered self-sacrificial love. Uh, yeah, other-focused. That 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 definition is not the base definition of the word. That definition comes from other scriptures about how God. Acts. So when it says God is agape, what does that mean, Scott? Well, you cannot remove. Uh, uh, that's not what I'm asking. Not remove the other attributes of God. That's not what I'm asking. I, well, give me a second. You can't. You can't just say God is this. Therefore, He is not these other things. If these other things. Okay, Scott. If you need to look that up, that's not what I'm asking. And if if somebody wants to talk while Scott looks up what the definition of agape that is acceptable to him. I think we're asking what the definition of is is. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can't we can't we can't do that with the the base Greek words. There's a context to these words. Are you not satisfied with self-sacrificial love? My my point is so be, before Jesus, before Jesus self-sacrificially gave himself for us, God is agape. He demonstrates his agape love in other ways. So just just by sending coronavirus. So just saying that, just defining it as self-sacrificial, it actually doesn't do God justice because God shows His love in other ways before before Jesus. So it, we, yeah, that's not the argument. You're changing it. Gymnastics to to call. What do you? Uh, yes. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to use. I'm trying to look at. Oh, hold on, one of you, one of you at a time. Andy and Scott were both talking. 
well, I'll just give I'll, I'll just give it this. My my general opinion is, um, I think that there's these things that occur throughout the world far more often, where the real question is, God, where were you in the midst of this? Why didn't you do something in spite of this? It's easier for me to uh, it's easier for me to deal with that question than to deal with a question where I'm imagining um, God vindictively uh, attacking the world um, and innocent people, especially, I just don't, that's, that doesn't seem to sync up with um, why, why Jesus died on the cross for the world. So um, even in the midst of that um, seek peace. Yes, ultimately, but don't shy away from bringing anger and doubt to God in the middle of those things too, because um, God won't shy away from receiving that. And I think that that's, that's a, that's a real genuine human response that we can all have in the middle of those things. And um, it's being honest. Cause I think that there are some people who have been taught, shove it down. Um, God is good all the time and, and don't feel bad about the bad things that have happened. And, and, and oftentimes they don't use those. They don't, they're not direct, like shove it down, but the con the fruit of the message is, well, I, I can't share my concerns with anybody at this church because that's, that's not going to be accepted. Totally. Yeah. And it is, uh, yeah. So it is, are you, does the church project a, um, a view or a vision of um, just happy people, just happy people who are doing good with Jesus and QREM. That is not, (laughs) that is not timely. In spite of the things that are occurring, uh, who is God in the midst of this and what is my reaction to it? And what is my reaction to him? So, so do you want, uh, so I looked up agape. Bring it. It's it say, saying that I'm doing gymnastics. I, I, I mean, I think you just give us the definition, Scott. What do you got? Give me a little more credit than that. Uh, but in, in the definition, So it's properly love, which centers on moral preference. So too, in secular ancient Greek, agape focuses on preference. Likewise, the verb form in antiquity meant to prefer, typically refers to divine love equals what God prefers. In in the definition of this word is not self-sacrificial, self-sacrificial comes from how this word is applied to what God demonstrated at the cross. So all right, you found your you found your uh your pommel horse to jump off of with this word. Go for definition. it. Definition. <laughs> I wasn't even trying to look up the definition. <laughs> my, my point is that God has a few different attributes or many attributes and those <laughs> so when is okay attribute. we we got to get to we got to get to what are we consuming but scott in a, in a nutshell to you personally scott what you feel personally <laughs> is cuz what is saying. i've been saying someone else what you. no i i know but i'm asking you a new question <laughs> when it says god is love to you and that it uses agape in a nutshell, what does that mean to you, Scott? Yeah, that that God 
um, has uh, a preference for himself. And okay. he, ex- he extends this love, he extends this love to humanity. But that does not always end in well-being. The love he extends to his humanity is that he has a preference to himself. Well, yeah, God. God um, Which definition did you look up? Yeah, yeah, Gary. Yeah. But but God does things for His glory, and He He shows that or demonstrates that through. That's not what I. That's not what I asked. Okay, we're we're past. Part, you you made the closing remark. That's good. Exactly. That's good. Let's move on. It's part. It's part of the definition. I mean, just trying to. Where do you come up with your definitions? I'm trying to look at scripture and come up with the definitions for things. I thought agape was the highest form of love. Yeah, and, and but that, apparent- that, that's what I'm saying is that we- that's the only that, that God is the highest being. So when it says God is love and perfect love casts out fear, it's uh, okay. I'll just leave it there. I'll let people do their own math. We got Scott. What? Um, <laughs> See, I'm not stop. I wasn't stopping there. I was going. No, I know, but yeah. we are stopping because we are out of time. Okay. We. I thought we had plenty of time on our hands. All right. No, we. D- what? We have families. Consuming? Some so, of us right now. I really want to know what you guys are consuming because we're all locked in, and we've got so many media outlets and things that we could be putting into our brains in front of our faces. What are you doing? What are you guys? What are you guys doing? Uh, I just started reading a book by Clay Jones called Why Does God Allow Evil? Uh, only two chapters in, but it's pretty good so far. He goes over... Uh, Very applicable to these times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he goes over um, all the atrocities of the 20th century uh, to talk about the evilness of humanity and that that evilness doesn't come from you know people that are just blatantly evil in their everyday lives but a lot of normal people and how they um committed these atrocities against millions of people and uh that any one of us could end up you know if if we think that we are not evil uh that we don't understand the evilness of humanity yeah i'm sure he addresses the uh like the the easy the ease of looking at somebody like Hitler, like oh what the hell? How would they do that? Ugh, I would never do that. It's like nope. If you were there, you might have done that, and uh, there's a good chance I you would have done that. Sign up yeah. For that, oh, I do not sign up for that. I'm sorry. Okay, I disagree. John Wayne Gacy, nope. Not all of us can jump into that pool. That's true. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like but, to someone like a human. I don't. I don't. Well, think. you just said you could. If I, maybe yeah, if I'm on Donner Pass. You know. Look, bro, we're on a meat shortage. Donner, party of five. I just snorted. Uh, that's pretty good. Anything else, Scott? Besides that book? No, just just working, Sound- looking at the stock market. Um, uh, seeing how much Jones. money the Fed is printing and pumping into the markets they're buying up everything corporate debt even uh they're buying junk bonds which is really great <laughs> really, really oh jb's great. yeah yeah 
All right. Well, I'll go. I'll go next, and I'll let Andy close. I'm. I Lisa and I consumed Unorthodox on Netflix, which is like a little mini series based on a book, I believe, and it's only four episodes. I was expecting the typical ten episode flare, so when it ended after four, I was like, "What?" But it follows this woman that is Orthodox Jew. And it's it was really fascinating because Jeff, you and I and our families were both we were all in New York. We walked through Brooklyn. We walked through an Orthodox Jewish neighborhood. And this show shows that stuff. It's ba- it's in uh Williamsburg, and it's this married woman, and I'll try to do spoiler freeze. It's very interesting in the purest sense of that word, Jeff. <laughs> But this woman, she bolts and she leaves her husband. And you see so many aspects of being Orthodox Jewish or Hasidic. I'm not sure if they're Hasidic. I think there's different variation of Orthodox. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Regardless, you see so much, so many aspects of being Orthodox. And it, it shows... Sorry, you understand why she's doing what she's doing. You also see the tradition that she she comes from and where she left. And never once does it play the game of like, yeah, those people are assholes. Of course she should leave. You see why the people react to her leaving and getting her trying to get her back. And you see why she would want to leave. And it's really well done. And I I recommend it. Also, I am picturing Lisa coming to me after this episode. Um, you've also been playing a lot of video games, which is true. I've been playing a lot, rediscovering Red Dead Redemption 2 and getting lost in it, not doing the missions, just... If you don't know about this, I pray for you. I pray that one day you will know the glory that is the effort that went into making one of the most amazing gaming experiences in the history of mankind. And I am I am lost in it, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but that's that's another thing I've been consuming wholeheartedly. Take your boots. Uh, I have the, I have the weirdest YouTube, uh, the YouTube algorithm probably just is sweating in a corner based on the, the unrelated things that I tend to look up. So it'll range from like car wash videos, which I find oddly satisfying and, um, calming uh, all the way to, uh, I stumbled across the, the band Goldfinger. If you guys remember the band Goldfinger from the late nineties. Yes quarantine video it's super good zach can we put it in the show notes sure link to that video oh man it's great and mike from mxpx joining them for that and then um i too have fallen down the red dead redemption 2 uh, uh rabbit hole but today i really took it to the next level because while i was at work my 11 year old daughter picked up the controller and started doing chores in the game for me pumping up my stat <laughs> and she was happy about it and I caught, so myself, good. I caught myself going like hey uh you know you could go off the ranch if you wanted to but you know make Ooh. sure I'm if you do and for yes. those of you that don't know uh once you go off the ranch 
who knows what can happen. It is not so. I'm not uh, suggesting that kids play this game. It's it is exactly Westworld. You know, though, I applaud you, Andy, because for those that don't know, the chores you have to do in that, the chores actually boost stats, and they're a pain in the butt because they make it like real chores. I know. Everything is very slow and deliberate, and the graphics are so good that you get lost in it, but... Somebody if you want to up your dead eye, you want to have your daughter just do those chores while you're at work for Amazon, Andy. I love it. Thank you. Loves it. She absolutely loves it. I think it's like, you know that game Heyday? Our daughters play Heyday. That game yep. Heyday on mobile. It's like Heyday for adults. That's what Yeah, that's good. All right. All right. What do we learn? You got a sentence. What do we learn? What is what uh, is showing us? Hold on. Jeff is showing us a screen on. I can't see it. You're too close to it, Jeff. Do you know? And how? I hear your wife laughing, but this is not good pod, Jeff. I'm going to be honest. Uh, today. Mm, no, regarding this episode. Oh, regarding this episode. Uh, yes. I not you know I just if I to be honest, can I be honest, guys? No. Okay. I learned a whole bunch. All right. Thank you. <laughs> uh, okay. I didn't that's learn true. the definition of agape. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> damn it. Andy, you took mine. Uh, <laughs> well, I learned that yeah. Francis Chan might be uh, reformed, which maybe shouldn't be new information where he thinks God ordains things. Because that's what some of his language implies. Oh, wait, wait. I, I see something on the chat to close us out. I think Andy gave it. Where'd you get this, Andy? Why don't you go ahead and read that? Stupid website, dictionary.com. Uh, agape, the love of God or Christ for humankind. That's the primary definition. Secondary. Continue. What the are some other things that it says, Andy? Other, the love of Christians for other persons, uh, corresponding to the love of God for humankind, unselfish love of one person for another without sexual implications, brotherly love. I agape the shit out of you, Scott. Thanks for joining us on the Bros, Bibles, and Beer. Brovids, Brovids, Bibles, and Bro, Brujas. Brovids, Bibles, and Bordeaux. Blood Bob's at Beachwood. We're coming your way. Scott, did you check out? Let's say goodbye. I'm still here, guys. You guys, are we done yet?